Well, good evening, New Life Friday Night family. How's everyone doing tonight? Man, it's good to be in the house. I was over there waiting for Brett to go up and I saw this shadowy figure, this lean shadowy figure, still the microphone. I looked over and I thought, where did he come from? Pastor Daniel, it's so great to have you in the house tonight. Next time you speed 90, don't tell everybody, man. Just say, I was so excited to get here for you guys. If you're joining us tonight for the very first time, welcome to New Life Friday night. So great to have you. We pray that you encounter the Holy Spirit through his people, through the preaching of the word, through the singing of songs to Jesus. We pray that you feel welcomed and that you know that you are so special to the heart of God. And we believe it's not an accident that you're here with us tonight, so we welcome you. It's always a joy for Christy, my wife, and my daughter, Milan, to join you guys here on New Life Friday night. I'm so excited because we are beginning the third installment of a grand series on the character and the nature of God. We've spent seven weeks talking about who God is as Father. Seven weeks leading up to Easter Sunday, talking about who Jesus is as the Son. And then last Friday night, I tuned in, and when the camera panned over here to the baptismal, I about lost it. I mean, there was this moment right before people started getting into the water where it was just the camera fixating on the baptismal waters and there's just something about the way that the Holy Spirit moves when people are going into the water identifying with the crucified Christ, coming up identifying with the resurrected Lord. It just gets me, it gets me every single time. But what an incredible honor it is tonight to begin our talk on who the Holy Spirit is. And the reason why that is because the Holy Spirit is literally one of my most favorite people, member of the Godhead. I I love the Holy Spirit. Part of my story is I grew up, my dad was in the military. So when we were living in Germany and Holland, there were only two churches that we had to choose. It was the Catholic or Protestant. That was it. You're on the military base and you either identified as Catholic or you identified as Protestant. We came back to the States And I'll never forget this night. I came home from basketball practice. My mom said, get ready because we're going to an old country revival church service. And I was kind of resistant a little bit. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't wanna go. I was tired. And uh, I had learned what life in God had looked like for a young 15-year-old young man. And I went to the service. And at the end of the service, there was a guy that nobody would ever know of. He was traveling from small church to small church. This wasn't our home church. We just happened to be there because my mom got wind that there was a revival service. It was a Wednesday night. We ended up going to this service and at the end of the service, he gave a call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My mom was sitting up on the front pew. I was about six pews back. She had gone forward for a call for healing. And when he gave an altar call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my mom turned around as only a Korean mom could. And she looked at me and pointed and she said, you get up here now. (laughs) And I I looked at her with arms folded and I said, no. Thank God that there was a father in the faith that was sitting right in front of me. His name was Bishop Nathaniel Holcomb. He pastored one of the largest churches in our city. I didn't know who he was at the moment. All I knew is that when he had walked in at the beginning of the service, something inside of me leaped. Remember that story when Elizabeth is pregnant with John and she talked about the fact that when Mary came into her home that the baby leaped inside of her. I didn't have language for this. 
I didn't have a paradigm. I didn't have a framework for this. All I knew was I saw this man. I thought, man, that brother's cool. But that was the Holy Spirit leaping inside of me. Because when my mom turned around and told me to come forward and I said no, this gentleman turned around and he looked at me and he said, son, I feel like the Lord just spoke to me and said that you're gonna be used mightily of the Lord in your generation and you need what this man is calling for. And he said, if you'd want, I'll walk up there with you. And I'm like butter now. (laughs) A gentle answer, right? Turns away wrath. And I just said, yes, I will go forward. I walk up and I'm probably from here to Pastor Daniel and this fiery old revival preacher points his finger at me and I'm speaking in another language, you guys. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. We're not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight, but I want you to know that the person and the power and the ministry and the activity and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is real. And if you're standing here or sitting here tonight and you know, when we mention the Holy Spirit, you have a little bit of spiritual or church PTSD. I want to set your heart at ease tonight. Because we've spent 14 weeks teeing up the consistent character and nature of the Godhead. And the Holy Spirit is not going to break rank in spirit or tone or manner or mood with who God the Father and God the Son is. Another way to say this is that the Holy Spirit's character is consistent with the Father and the Son. In fact, we know that Jesus came to show us who the Father is. John chapter 14, famous verse that most of us in Christianity know where Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm about to go up to heaven. And then his disciples begin engaging in a conversation with him and they say, show us the way to the Father. And then he says in John 14, 6, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And they say, yeah, 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 but but, but show us who the Father is. And Jesus responds and he says, listen, if you've seen me, if you've seen the way that I interact with you, if you've seen the way that I minister, if you've seen the way that I reach out to the poor and the marginalized and the lowly, if if you've seen the way that I reach out and I touch the leper and I heal him, If you've seen the way that I break bread and I feed the multitudes, you've seen the Father in action. Well, later on, he actually shows us cards again. And in John chapter 14, Jesus reveals to us the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, he says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. He's gonna help you, but he's also going to abide with you and dwell with you and minister to you throughout the eschaton. Throughout all of eternity, you and I are gonna be enjoying and delighting in the ministry and the presence of the Holy Spirit in and upon our lives. Verse 17, Jesus continues and he says, the Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But watch this, he says, you know him. You know him. And at this point, the disciples are probably thinking to themselves, you've not really done a lot of discourses on the Holy Spirit, master. Because in John chapter 14, 16, 14, 15, and 16, we find that Jesus starts to turn the corner. He's hours away from his crucifixion. And he begins to share with his disciples some of the most important things that he needs to leave with them before he transitions his earthly ministry back into heaven. And he begins in those three chapters to talk exclusively about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you another helper, an advocate, a paraclete, one who's called alongside of you, a comforter, a counselor, a teacher, one who is gonna enable you to do everything that we started. Boys, we started a good run here. 
and I've got to go back home, but I need you to finish everything that we started. And the way that's going to happen is the same Holy Spirit that you saw land on me at baptism, the same Holy Spirit that was in operation in my life throughout all of our time together, that same Holy Spirit's going to be within you. He's going to be upon you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to enable you. He's going to speak through you in the exact same way that he did in my life. In fact, I have to go. Because as long as I'm here, the Holy Spirit and I are so tight. It's like Pastor Andrew and Pastor Daniel. You can't, you can't separate those guys. I'm sitting over here going, man, how can, I, how, how can I be down? Man, Jesus is saying, listen, as long as I'm on the earth in bodily form, the Holy Spirit and I are so tight that he's just gonna be completely upon me, exclusively upon me. So when I ascend back into the heavens now, the Father's gonna send the Holy Spirit out upon all of you. But here's the little, here's the implicit thing that we need to like lean into. He says, the Holy Spirit has been with you. He's been with you. You know him because he's been with you. And he will be in you. I've got one singular objective tonight. And that very simply is to show you how the Holy Spirit has been at work in Jesus' life from the moment he was conceived in Mary's womb until the moment he was resurrected. And the reason why that's so important is because of all the things that Jesus came here for. He came to announce the kingdom. He came to lay his life down as a substitute and a sacrifice for our sins. He came to reveal to us who God the Father is, but he also came to pour out and to release the Holy Spirit on our lives. I was driving down Academy a couple of weeks ago thinking about this message. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just dropped this into my spirit. I was looking for angles, looking for inroads, looking for ways to help us understand this dynamic. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, son, Jesus was the most spirit-filled human being that ever walked the planet. He was the most spirit-filled human being that ever walked the planet. So if you're nervous tonight, look at Jesus. If you're nervous tonight, if you've had bad experiences, if you're thinking to yourself, like, Father, I can handle, Son is great, but that Holy Spirit, every time we mention the Holy Spirit, crazy things happen. Listen, look to Jesus' life because Jesus reveals the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. And when we look at Jesus' life, it's a model of everything that is possible and available for you and for me in this Christian life. So number one, we see the Holy Spirit at work in Jesus's conception. For those of you who are not familiar with the story, angel shows up to a young virgin by the name of Mary with a word from God. And the word very simply is, even though you're a virgin, you are going to conceive God himself. Mary's response to the angel is amazing. In Luke chapter one, verse 35, she responds and says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And Mary's response very simply is, how is this possible? How is this possible since I'm a virgin? I've not been with a man. And the angel's response is, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will rest on you just like a mother hen rests upon those eggs and brood and hover over those eggs until life comes forth. 
It's the same iteration of the word that was used when the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters in Genesis chapter one. Everything was chaotic, everything was empty, everything was void, and the word of God himself speaks in to the chaos of the cosmos. And the Holy Spirit takes the spoken word of God and he hovers over the chaos and the emptiness of the universe and he begins to create in tandem with the Father's voice. Friends, if you're thinking to yourself, that's crazy, that's impossible. The Holy Spirit specializes in making the impossible things of God possible for our lives. It's no more impossible than to imagine that God himself, the God of the universe, would inhabit your life and my life. The incarnation is, it's like a type and a shadow, it's a picture and a model of God himself coming to dwell within the temple of our lives by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary is the same Holy Spirit who comes to dwell within us to make us new creatures in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, says it like this, therefore, if any person be in Christ, say it with me, they are a new creature or a new creation. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. How is that possible? How is it possible that I'm able to break those sin cycles and those patterns and those struggles that have existed in my family line for generations? How is that possible? Without God, it's impossible. Without the presence of the indwelling spirit of God himself, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible for them who believe. The second area where we see the Holy Spirit at work is in Jesus' baptism. I'm not gonna take too much time on this because Pastor Daniel did a masterful job showing us last week how God is at work using the natural elements of water to fulfill his redemptive purposes in the earth. But I wanna show you something. I wanna show you how the Holy Spirit is present and he is at work in a very unique way in the waters of baptism. Luke chapter three, verse 21 says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven It said, you are my son, you are my son. That's the voice of authority. That's the word of authority. John chapter one, verse 12 says, yet to all who believed him, to those who received his name, he gave the authority to become sons and daughters of God. When the voice of God broke through the heavens in that moment, and Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, heard and discerned the voice of God, he was being marked in his identity. You're, be, you're being given the authority of a son right now. And then the father speaks over him and he says, you're the son whom I love and in that we hear the affection of God. The Holy Spirit is relaying the intimate heart of God to Jesus right there in that moment in the waters of baptism. I'm giving you a new name. That new name carries a new authority and in that authority I'm also revealing to you the affection of my heart for you. You're not just my son, you are the son who I'm in love with. And then he says this, you're my son whom I love, and I'm not just proud of you. Sometimes when we hear I'm proud of you, we think we associate that with accomplishment or achievement. He says, I'm pleased with you. In other words, I delight in you. You're the apple of my eye. 
So in this, we hear the authority of the Father, we hear the affection of the Father, but we also hear the affirmation of the Father. And this is all happening with the Holy Spirit present in the waters of baptism. Friends, I'm here to tell you tonight, for those of you, can I just see by, by way of hands, how many of you got baptized last Friday night? I just wanna, come on. Yeah, let's give him a hand here tonight. I want you to know that when you went down into those waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit was present. He was with you. The Holy Spirit was at work revealing the heart of God, revealing, marking you. You are my son. You're my son. That, that now is your primary identity. You're my daughter. You're the delight of my heart. You're the affection of my life. My affirmation and my approval are on you, not because of anything that you've done, but because of who I am. Friends, you need to, you need to let that just like sink in deep and mark your life. Without the presence and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the waters of baptism, friends, it's, let's just be honest. It's no different than taking a shower or taking a bath, hanging out with your buddies in the hot tub or jumping into the pool on a hot day. But when we say that the church has honored this sacrament for thousands of years, what we're saying is the Holy Spirit has promised to be present in the waters of baptism to help you hear the voice of the approval and affection of God and to mark you in a new way. The Holy Spirit was also present in Christ's commissioning. Later we find in Luke chapter four, Jesus has now come up from the waters of baptism and in Luke chapter four, verse one, we find that he is now full of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we don't quite catch in Matthew and Mark and Luke's account of baptism like the way that John describes it. John says in John chapter one, verse 32 and 33, that the Holy Spirit comes upon him like a dove, and it says this, it says that the Holy Spirit descended and it remained. So the Holy Spirit didn't just alight himself like a butterfly on Jesus at baptism and then leave. The Holy Spirit was poured out. The Holy Spirit inhabited Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit also endued Jesus. He was fully within, and he was fully around, and he was fully upon Jesus. And we find this in Luke chapter four, verse one. Jesus now is full of the Holy Spirit. And then we find that Jesus is now led by the Spirit. His decisions are being influenced and guided and governed by the will of God because the Holy Spirit is in operation in his life in a new and profound way. I'm filling you, but I'm also guiding you. I'm leading you. I'm directing you into the very will of God. And we find that the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. He thrusts him, Mark's gospel says, he casts him out into the wilderness there's a divine propulsion. There's a divine urgency. He comes up out of the waters of baptism. God marks him with identity. And now it's basically, son, it's time to get our ministry started. I wanna make sure that when we're reading this, we understand that this is also a paradigm of what God does in our life. You see, when you and I gave our lives to the Lord, when we surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, we were spiritual babies, but the goal was not for us to remain spiritual babies. The goal of you and I coming to Jesus is not just to become better versions of ourselves. The goal of faith in Christ is not just to become good people. The goal is that we grow into maturity by the Holy Spirit so that we're actually able to join Jesus in his mission and in his ministry in the world. 
For those of you who come early, week in and week out, every Friday night, you're joining Jesus's ministry in the world. Whether that be through the creative department or production or helping to change diapers or helping to greet people or administer the elements of the table, you're joining Jesus in his ministry. And those of you, when you leave, every single one of us, when we leave this room tonight, we're joining Jesus in his ministry in the world. God needs Holy Spirit creatives. He needs Holy Spirit inspired engineers. He needs people that are filled with the Holy Spirit to be godly husbands and godly wives and moms and dads and grandparents and intercessors. And I'm telling you tonight that Jesus shows us what a life filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit is supposed to look like for every single one of us. Jesus is thrust into the desert. He's tempted by the enemy. And by the power of the Spirit, he overcomes the temptations of the wicked one. I feel like I've got a word for somebody here tonight. Some of you have been struggling and you've been wrestling and you've been disheartened and discouraged. You've been asking yourself, why is it that I'm still falling prey to the same sin over and over and over again? I'm here to announce to you tonight that the power of the Holy Spirit within and upon your life will help you to break every cycle and every shackle and every chain of sin and bondage of the enemy in your life. Friend, don't give up. Don't give up. Take heart. The Holy Spirit is within you. Take heart. The same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus to fight Satan himself is going to empower you to overcome the temptation of the enemy. We find in Luke chapter four, verse 14, that Jesus emerges out of the wilderness. He's not just full of the Spirit. He's not just being led by the Spirit, but now he emerges in the power of the Spirit. Friends, I'm here to announce to you tonight that for every single thing that you do in your life, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. I found myself on the couch this afternoon. It was such a sweet moment. Milan had come home from school, I was reading this book, and she jumped on the couch, she was reading a book with me, and as she was annotating To Kill a Mockingbird, I closed my book, and I leaned my head back, I'm reading this book by Gordon T. Smith called Welcome Holy Spirit, and, and his singular message throughout this entire book is very simple. His singular message is that we are absolutely helpless and hopeless without the presence and the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I just set that book down, I leaned my head back on the couch, and I just found myself crying out with a fresh desperation. God, I don't even know how to be a husband without the Holy Spirit. I don't even know how to breathe without the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't even know who you are. I wouldn't even know the name of, the name of Jesus wouldn't even be revealed to me in a way that would engender worship and affection and honor and devotion and allegiance without the revelation of the Holy Spirit. I can't even read your word and get any kind of illumination and understanding without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, I'm just gonna use this as a weapon. Without the Holy Spirit, I'm just gonna use this to manipulate others and manipulate myself. Without the Holy Spirit, I'll be abusive. God, I found myself just crying out, God, I need the Holy Spirit afresh and new in my life. Holy Spirit, empower our ministry. Friends, you have a ministry in the earth and you need the fullness of the Spirit. You need the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are facing decisions right now at work. 
You're the one that God has anointed to bring solutions from heaven into the chaos of your work cycle right now. And I'm gonna pray tonight before we go back into worship that God would anoint you with the wisdom for the solutions to the problems that you're facing in your work environment because God promised that he's gonna lead you and he's gonna empower you by his spirit for your ministry in the earth. Christ is commissioned by the spirit. And he looks to us and he says, I wanna commission you into your ministry in the earth. The next area where we see the Holy Spirit at work in Jesus's life is in all of his life and in all of his ministry. And I don't have time tonight, but that's why we're giving ourselves seven weeks to walk through this. Let me just walk through a couple, right? In John chapter two, we find Jesus at a wedding in Cana. Run out of wine, Mom looks over at Jesus, she kind of gives him the wink and says, it's time. He looks back at her and he says, it's not time. My time has not yet come, woman. Later on in John chapter seven, the exact same scenario plays out. Jesus' brothers come and they say, Jesus, it's time. Like it's time to prop yourself up. It's time to announce who you are. And Jesus looks to those guys and he says, it's not time yet. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit to such a degree that he's able to discern the times and the seasons of his life. How many of you are in a moment right now where you need to discern the time and the season that God has you in right now? You need the Holy Spirit. We all know about Jesus's power ministry. Jesus lays hands on the sick and they're recovered. But what about Jesus's teaching ministry? Those of you who are in the classrooms, you need the power of the Holy Spirit for your teaching ministry. There was something so unique and dynamic on Jesus's life that when people heard him talk, it said that they were in awe and they marveled that he taught with authority, not like the teachers of the law. What would it look like if we had teachers in our schools and our classrooms that the students wouldn't have a spiritual paradigm for this, but they would just say, man, she's my favorite teacher and I don't know what it is, but she just makes things come alive. You know what that is? That's teaching with the authority of the Holy Spirit. This is one of my favorite things here. Do you ever notice how Jesus goes straight to the root of every problem that is before him? Like, there's this moment in Mark chapter two when a guy is lowered down from a roof, he's paralyzed. And his friends are, they're so desperate to see their brother get healed that when they realize they can't get their friend to Jesus because of the crowd, they cut a hole in the roof and they lower him down. And here's what Jesus says. Anybody remember what Jesus says? What Jesus does not say is he does not look at him and he say, rise and be healed. He looks at this man and he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, the guy's paralyzed. The guy can't move. Like, look, they had to lower him down on a mat. And the first thing out of your mouth is your sins are forgiven. I think Jesus understood that there was something deeper than just what the eye could see. That there was probably some cycle and some stronghold of self-rejection and self-condemnation and self-hatred in this man's life. There was probably some stronghold of sin, some structure and cycle of sin that was so deep inside of him, bringing so much shame and so much guilt that it literally began to manifest in his physical body as paralysis. You ever feel like that in your life? There's so much stress, there's so much anxiety that it actually begins to paralyze you from the inside out. 
You can't think like you used to think. You can't create like you used to create. You can't dream like you used to dream. And before you know it, you just get slothful. You find yourself losing ambition and losing energy. And then we find in this man that it actually manifests in full-blown paralysis. And here's what Jesus does. He looks straight into that man's eyes and he says, son, stop blaming yourself. Son, let me roll reproach and shame off of you. Your sins are forgiven. And oh yeah, just so that you guys, just so that you guys know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, by the way, go ahead and walk. That's the easy part. The Holy Spirit will help you identify the root of the issue. The Holy Spirit will help you identify why it is that you keep getting offended at the same thing over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit will show you why you keep getting into arguments with your spouse over and over and over again. He'll show you the root of the issue. Last Sunday, I had this precious lady come to me and she said, she said, Pastor, I really want to get baptized, but I'm deathly afraid of water. It was this beautiful moment. She was just sharing transparently and vulnerably with me. She says, I just, I'm deathly afraid of water. And then, you know, we kind of shot the breeze there. People were coming in and going out. And then I just kind of felt poked and prodded by the Holy Spirit. And I said, do you know where that's coming from? Was there a moment of your life where something happened and she said, well, you know, when I was really, really young, all of my siblings could swim, but I was pushed into the deep end and I almost drowned. And you could just see now there's a tenderness and there's, there's tears that are welling up in the eyes. And I said, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to go there and maybe he wants to heal that. Maybe he wants to touch that. Friends, I'm here to tell you today, the Holy Spirit will give you the inside track to the things that matter most in your life. All right, last area that we see the Holy Spirit at work in Jesus's life is in Romans chapter eight, verse 11. From Jesus's conception to his resurrection, we see the Holy Spirit and everywhere in between. And the beautiful promise is that if the Holy Spirit will raise Christ from the dead, the same Holy Spirit who's been given to you and me as a deposit guaranteeing our eternal inheritance, he also will be the agent that by the voice of the Father, that at the end of the eschaton, when God determines it's time, he's gonna speak over every believer who has been in Christ throughout all of the ages. And the same Holy Spirit that brooded over the waters in the beginning of creation, and the same Holy Spirit that went into that tomb and brooded over the life and the death of Jesus. And infused him with resurrection life, that same Holy Spirit is gonna raise you and me from the dead. Look at Romans chapter eight, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and he is, if you've been born again, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Church, will you stand with me this night? I hope that I've whet your appetite to desire the type of spirit-filled life that Jesus modeled for us. I hope that I've awakened curiosity inside of you to say, Holy Spirit, I want more. I wanna be full of the spirit. 
I wanna be led by the Spirit. I wanna be anointed by the Spirit. I wanna be empowered by the Spirit. I wanna be so full of the Spirit that when people bump into me, the Spirit of God pours out on them. Friends, would you just hold your hands out like this tonight? I wanna pray for you before the worship team comes back up. We have a prayer here at all of our congregations of new life. It's such a simple prayer. It's very simply, come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you've been involved in every element of tonight's service. You've been involved from the moment people got out of their car in the parking lot. You've been involved in the greeting. You've been hovering over the worship. You've been hovering over the children's ministry tonight, but we are crying out in a fresh way, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us every day, every day, fill us. Holy Spirit, enlighten us. Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts and our minds to the truth of your word. Holy Spirit, go to the root of the issue in our lives. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us afresh and anew. Holy Spirit, anoint us for our ministry in the earth. And Holy Spirit, awaken a fresh hunger and a fresh love and a fresh desire to be a spirit-filled people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Friends, let's worship here together. See, there's nothing worth more. And there's nothing worth more that'll ever come close. Nothing can compare your living hope, your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord. let's put out your hands in a position of receiving tonight as we ask sing Holy Spirit
haven't done this here, but if we could go piano and D. Uh, the ancient rabbis say at Genesis 1 is the spirits hovering over the primordial waters. You know, it says, and God said. Many of the rabbis say, and God sang. Creation into existence. So could you sing, D? Could you give us just a melody here? Like make, like make up a melody okay. over this music as we prepare to come to communion. And what I want you to do is to close your eyes and to open your hands and to imagine the spirit hovering over your life, the creative spirit. Dee's going to make up something here, a melody, and sing it over us. And I believe that as he's singing it over us, the spirit's going to be doing something new and fresh in us. So could you bring this house light down for a bit? Just take a couple minutes here. And I want you to just say, come Holy Spirit and let the spirit who is the creator create. We're going to sing this again. We're going to go right back into that, but I just felt I needed to push a little bit more. <laughs> Some of you, you used to know how to do this and maybe you just forgot or you got tired or you got a mortgage or life happened or it got complex or you got more sophisticated or you got an education and oh, I was just a teenager then. I sensed the Holy Spirit saying you can go there again. So if you will push in, like some of you, this is a new thing, push in. Some of you, you need to recover this, and I'm inviting you to push in. So let's sing this again. You are welcome.
Pastor Daniel mentioned that. Romans 8, 11 says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within your mortal body. And as he was ministering, I just sensed in my spirit that there were some of us here who there's been some passion that has died. A life in the spirit that has died. A song that has died. A dream that has died. And it's a simple prayer tonight. And if you feel that as you, would you just in this holy moment, would you just lift up your hands? And we're just going to pray that the God of the resurrection, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same spirit that filled him with a new kind of life would hover over your life right now and that dreams would live again, that hope would live again, that vision would live again, that your life in the spirit, that your prayer language, your prayer life, it would live again. Your song would live again. Your songwriting would live again in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, would you just bring back to life those things of our life that have died in the name of Jesus. Okay, church. Would you get your communion elements ready to receive? Because what I want to say to you, communion is completely in concert with everything we've been doing tonight. If the spirit isn't here, this is a really terrible wafer and really bad juice. But if the Spirit is here tonight, the body and the blood, Jesus' activity is breaking out among us. And so tonight, Jesus is here to feed us. Would you take that wafer on the night that Jesus was betrayed? He knew we would get weary. He knew we would get hungry. He knew we would get thirsty. He knew we would need nourishment. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, which means it's a recurring event, it's going to keep getting made alive. As often as you do this, remember. And so we say, spirit of the living God, feed your people tonight. You know where we are hungry. You know where we each need nourishment. You know where we need sustaining power to keep going. And Lord, I pray that you would feed your people tonight in the name of Jesus. You may receive the bread. We need forgiveness tonight. And Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant. And it's given in my blood. And it's given for the remission of your sins. So tonight, church, there's a fresh start. There's cleansing. There's renewal. There's new creation. It's by the Spirit of Jesus. So you may receive forgiveness tonight. You are welcome. Come on, church. You are
earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will say that was a good 10 minutes. That was a good, good 10 minutes right there. I'm not mad that we just did that tonight. Can we give it up for Julian tonight, just jumping in? We can live differently. The world is waiting for a church that's alive, that steps out with our eyes wide open, ready to take risks, ready to say the word, ready to take care of people. I just quit if we don't get to do this. And it's all on the table for us tonight. So would you open your hands as I pray the blessing? I pray that the power of the Spirit would overshadow you. Something in your womb would leap tonight. Something in your soul would leap tonight. Something in your spirit would leap tonight. Pray that the power of the resurrection would be activated and enabled in you tonight in a fresh way. Those of us who came in dead would walk out alive tonight. Those who came in sleepy tonight would walk out alert tonight. 
Those who came in on their back foot tonight would walk out aggressive tonight. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd fill us with your spirit. Make us a church that's ready to serve and to bless the world. I pray, Lord, bless my friends and keep them and make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, smile big on every single one here and all of their people and grant them peace, I pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. Can we say thanks to Pastor Jay Duncan here tonight? Love you, my brother. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. Some of you would like some extended prayer. We would love to do that for you. If you're new, come see us at Guest Central in the back. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. So much love.